Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 322nd episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski. Today, we're asking Mark Hicks the five questions. So, welcome back to the show, Mark. Thank you. Question number one, how did you get into woodworking? Uh, First through family, uh, through grandparents, uh, grandfathers on my, uh, both sides of my family. And, uh, and then I ended up buying a house that needed a lot of work and that kind of got me back into it uh, Mm -hmm. after college. And then... That led down a path to owning a little furniture shop and then workbenches. So, so what was what's the first project you you were proud of? So the first project that I had that I built myself yeah. was a big old uh, oak raised panel blanket chest for my mom. Oh, and nice! I had I had a ton of training before I built it because my um, my grandfather helped us build the cabinets for a house we were remodeling, and then my father and I made like 150 raised panel oak doors. So uh, I think <laughs> I was like, down. Yeah. yeah, I was like nine years old. Um, and I had, you know, helped with every single one. I mean, from picking the boards out at the, at the lumber shop to uh, sanding the burn marks out from the raised panel bits. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had the math down I, and I, yeah. it was really easy to do the design, but yeah, that's uh, that thing still sits at the foot of my mom's bed. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, fire right through these, what was your favorite tool? Or what um, is your favorite tool, I should say? I'm I'm going to go with my big Tanowitz bandsaw. Ooh, that's so nice. It's how a big is how capacity? big is it? Yeah. It's a 30-inch saw. Ooh. And so I was I was resawing uh 11-inch wide maple this you know, this evening before we got on this call. So, um, I needed some, some shelf boards for the bottom of the bench that I'm finishing up right now. So I just split some three inch maple in half and I'm letting it sit overnight so I can make, plane it down and make shelves out of it tomorrow. Wow. Wow. That's, that's nice. That's a nice yeah. saw. Beast. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, how long ago did you get that? Was that part of your original toolkit or? Yeah, when I moved when I moved to Ozark to uh, take over this little furniture company, it was one of two huge bandsaws. Wow! Uh, the other one was not as beefy as this one, but it was a, like a twenty-four inch bandsaw. But it mm-hmm. had it had wooden flywheels. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, the, and it had like a wire cage that had been built around it for safety. I mean, it, this thing was it was old. Yes. Um, but yeah, this Tanowitz has you know big solid cast steel um flywheels so i mean it runs forever when you turn it off if you don't put the brake on so um but Do you yeah know when it was cut. made um you know i'm not sure hmm. uh i've i've talked to the tanowitz people because i need to replace the tires on it right um and i gave them the serial number and they you know if i had thought i may have wrote down when they when it was built but i don't recall it this time i'm not too nostalgic about the tools but yeah um, I, I am really happy with what it can do. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I just need to, I need to get it tuned up and, and get it running the way it should be running. But, 
it I use it to break down these big boards for the workbenches, and it mm-hmm. just doesn't even blink. So I'm happy with that. Well, th- so I imagine your shop is just chuck full of maple. It is. It's yes. over. It's totally overrun with maple right now. Yeah. So where do you source your maple? There so. is. So I found a sawmill in southern Iowa when I was mm-hmm. doing a furniture show, uh, when I was first getting started in workbenches. And I was trying to find, you know, four inch thick slabs. And uh, the owner is like, yeah, we got those, but they're green, you know. And so I, I was like, well, I don't know how to forecast my demand four years out or six years out yeah. to air dry <laughs> this stuff. And so I, I got into a conversation with them and, and asked if, the, you know, do they have any customers who dry it? And they did. And they're actually they have an outlet 20 miles from here. So uh, it's a company called Schaller Hardwood. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they buy the green material from uh, Beatty uh, Sawmill in Iowa and ship it down here and kiln dry it. And then I buy it from them. Wow. Hmm. So and it's great because Beatty, Beatty has a contract with the Corps of Engineers to log silver maple off of uh, Channel Islands in the Mississippi and the Missouri River. And so they plant two trees for every one they cut. And they tag every log. So every once in a while, I'll get a little plastic tag in the end of one of my boards. Uh-huh. I can call, um, I can call up to Beatty, give them that number. They'll tell me the geo coordinates of where it was cut, when it was cut. Um, it's pretty cool. I, that's that's one of the fun, little fun things about my uh, my sawmill that I like. But um, and then the the big thick um, walnut and cherry for the chops and the accessories. Uh, most of that comes out of Erion, uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. We got tons of walnut here, but it doesn't um, it doesn't get really big, and it doesn't have the color. Uh, yeah, because the color is really loony in the Ozarks. It's like red and purple and orange. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah. And, and I believe yeah. they don't they don't steam their walnut there either. I think it's or I know there was one chair class I I know, and we got the walnut from them, and it was all air dried walnut. Yeah. Well, you. Yeah. Yeah, air dried. I prefer air dried or yeah. certainly unsteamed. I, right. I like that rich purple color, mm. and I don't mind the white sapwood. Um, around here, it's really hard to find unsteamed walnut, mm-hmm. and if it's local unsteamed, the color variation in one board is enormous. And I, it's a little more than I like. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are customers who would like it, but you can't really. You know, it's hard to describe it over the phone, so you can't, you know, um, it's hard to spec something out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to get lucky. Now, if I have a board that's really interesting, I usually will set it aside for my students to pick from. Mm-hmm. Uh, because usually the really interesting boards are interesting because of a knot. And you can put that knot on the inside of the chop, and you'll never see it. But the character on the outside will be gorgeous. Yeah. When you ship that to somebody sight unseen, uh, you don't know how they're going to react. So I, mm. I try to go with very, um, I don't know, I don't want to call it plain and simple, but straightforward, yeah. no surprises um, with my with my customers that I ship to. Yeah, I make. Well, so um, who has influenced you the most? Uh, well, that's that's easy. That's Christopher Schwarz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's uh, that's the guy that got me into this. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I figured, but uh, never never hurts to ask. Well, you know, you could, <laughs> I could sure go back come... farther and say my dad or my grandfather, yeah, exactly. but I think in this in this phase of my woodworking yeah. practice, it's got to be Chris. 
I want to. I want to say probably oh. what one in five guests have him. Uh, oh, <laughs> really? Like, at least, yeah. yeah. Um, and really, the 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 anarchist design book has come up multiple times. It's really kind of crazy to to you know hear about the influence that that man has had mm-hmm. um, internationally because we've talked to a couple of people over the pond that yeah. that you know it's like oh I, yeah I was kind of doing my own thing and then I read this and I was like oh man if he said I could do anything I could do anything <laughs> and it's like it just resonates and it's, it's so cool well it's, he's he's an incredibly generous guy um, yes. you know with his his ideas and his talents and um, yeah I mean I, I wouldn't be where I am with this business or, or with my woodworking if it wasn't for him so yeah I, I i'm not in a business of woodworking but i wouldn't be anywhere near i am in my woodworking without him in, in, in a similar capacity you know yeah. it's just i learned about so many things hell I, I i in some ways i met you because of christopher yeah. first, you know like yeah. if you think about it like yeah. it's it, woodworking it, it, in america yeah, yeah, I mean that yeah. that thing that came from whatever ideas they were spinning in a in a magazine print room, you know, years ago, and it just it came out, and yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah, and I think Christopher Swartz, he just has a knack for writing about woodworking. He really just draws you in. I really like his writing style. For sure. Yeah, there are very few writers. Well, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris, he, he keeps my attention. Um, yes. I have a mm-hmm. really hard time staying focused when reading procedural woodworking content, mm-hmm. uh, unless I am in the act of using it to build a project. Um, but I can read Chris's books for fun. You know, what I yeah. mean, I can just sit down and read them and um, and stay focused on the book. So that's that's hard to do. Um, yes, you know, it's uh, it's something I'm trying trying to work on with my own writing so yeah it's it's something else so yeah so uh what has been your biggest stumbling block so the last well i I think my whole life but i've i've come to realize it more in the last few years but um depression um Hmm. it's uh it's yeah i mean it's just um something that i struggle with off and on and uh it, it can make it hard to create things uh you know it's all the things about just getting things done and and staying right. busy but um when you when you work alone and you're responsible for meeting the deadlines and that sort of thing that it, it can be a really big challenge um and uh certainly the the current isolation uh has not made it you know a whole lot better but uh, I think I would say if you if you have somebody, if you know somebody who uh, is dealing with depression or has ever dealt with it and they go silent, uh, you know, they, they aren't um, if they're used to post- posting online or whatever. Check in on them. Um, yep. mm-hmm. They're probably OK, but they're probably struggling. And uh, if they don't respond, uh, chase after them <laughs> because <laughs> uh, they'll appreciate it later. Uh, they yep. they're not. Re- it's not that they uh they probably want to respond, but they just can't make themselves do it. And, uh, if they're, if they're fighting with that, so, uh, you know, get them on a zoom call, get them on a FaceTime, um, make sure they know that you're there. Yeah. uh, But yeah, that's my public service. No, no, No. that's great. And I think, I think it's, it's common, especially in the, the creative arts, so to speak. Um, it seems like, um, some depression type stuff can 
tends to go hand in hand with uh, the creatives. Yeah. 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 It's uh, or either it's it, more recognized there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, we um, when you work alone, you have a lot of time to think about stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yes. if you're having yeah. negative thoughts, that can get really ugly. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's and and then when you come out of it, you you have all the time in the world to analyze it. So, and if you're lucky, you got somebody who can see it from the outside and say, "Look, you need to, you know, you need to go talk to somebody." For right. sure. For sure. I mean, you know, that's a super important thing, and and you know, it's it's it, it's it's important for you to to talk about it, and and I think it's um it's something that probably more people than you really under you know or know of are dealing with something like that. Yeah. Um, and it has all different kinds of faces. It has all different kinds of indicators, you know, and all different levels of it. And you just, I mean, the tragedy that you hear from depression is, is horrible. Um, I, I heard a story recently of, you know, with, you know, the family that knew the kid was tr- troubled and went to college on scholarship and did all this other stuff. And then they, they knew he, he, like you said, he got quiet. And everyone was saying, oh, he's doing so much better. But they recognize that that's not actually a sign of better. It's a sign of worse. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it unfortunately took his life. And and that's, you know, one of those like drastic, horrible things. But, uh, yeah, just like you said, reach out, find, you know, if you know, find somebody to talk to all those, uh, you know, it's such a such a hard thing to manage. But I, you're doing a good job. Of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm doing good now. I, I had a couple of. Uh bad swings this year but um yeah yeah it's um feeling feeling pretty good right now so good Good. well especially with all this covid like you said the isolation not only are you isolated now but now your entire family is too yeah yeah Yeah. and that can definitely push some buttons and uh yeah (laughs) oh yeah 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 kyle says this kyle doesn't have kids you know my my entire uh well, my, my entire life has been reorganized. And at, at first, I have to say, like, I'm incredibly lucky. I, I have not had the kind of hardship that um, people have on, had to go through. But, uh, you know, just ha- taking over school responsibilities and all that stuff, it's been a really big change. Um, mm-hmm. And that and it, so there's a lot of, um, I don't know, baggage or expectations that you have uh, that go along with that, you know, or you feel like you should be working and you don't realize the importance of the education um, right. and you're comparing that to your work constantly, you know, and you feel like you're not contributing. And uh, but, you know, people should know that it's it's making a big difference if they're if they're having to take care of somebody and they've had to give up a job or uh, they're doing incredible work. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not easy and you're not alone. So, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. There's so millions and millions of people across this nation, across the world having to deal with this, but hopefully that vaccine works. And, uh, yep. Yep. I I thought about that the other day. I, you know, you know, in 2018 was the last terrible pandemic, right. In the United States at least. And, um, it was funny, but I I was watching some old ass video, black and white television show from the late forties. And, or early 50s and i thought i was like okay so everything was back to quote-unquote normal we we had actors on stage you know whatever you know there was like close contact where 20 years ago a, a percentage of population passed away and there were mass graves because of this pandemic like what a what a crazy time to go through yeah uh, 
there's hope, my God, that we can get out of this and get back to something within general terms. And my, you know, my son's a senior. He's dealing with his senior year being just totally crumbling in front of him as, as hope that he had for the previous years is just falling away. You know, trips are canceled and, and seasons are canceled and all these other things are just not happening. Um, it's, it's tough, but, uh, you know, we hopefully the, 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 the it, we're freedom on the other side. We're getting there slowly, yeah. surely. Yeah. yeah. Where your it'll damn ass, everybody. It'll turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, well, we got through this in 1918 and we'll get through it again. I believe so. Yeah. I asked my great aunt, uh, one time she grew up, uh, during that she was probably school age or something. Um, probably in her, probably preteen when, when all that happened. And I remember asking her, um, quite a few years ago, but she lived till 96, but, um, ask her about, uh, you know, Hey, what was it like? Do you remember anything? You know, I read something about the 1918 pandemic and she goes, Oh yeah, it was horrible. She goes, you know, it, it mainly struck, uh, people in their twenties to forties and, and, um, you know, very young and very old were fine. And, um, she said one of the biggest things that she, re- she remembers as a kid were just, um, coffins lined up on the street waiting to be filled. Oh my God. Yeah. Man. So I just, what an image. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it can be worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it was definitely worse back then. Yeah. So with the, with that great news, uh, so <laughs> how has the internet influenced your work? <laughs> uh, so it's it, you know good and bad. Um, I think um, it's certainly been a source of inspiration and connection and uh, information uh, so much more than than I used to take advantage of uh, when I was sort of a lone operator in the furniture business. I I. I didn't use the internet for anything, mm-hmm. uh, as far as the, you know, other than trying to figure out how to sell furniture. But, um, yeah, since getting into the workbench making, I've, you know, made so many connections with people that I would not have made without the internet. And, and then the, the, the downside of that, and I think this kind of, well, I think it happens to everyone, but there is a comparison effect that happens, um, that, can really knock you down, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, that I always have to remind myself that like, this is curated. This is, you know, I do, I try to be honest in what I show, but I don't take a picture of my shop when it's the most dirty it's ever been. <laughs> yeah, unless, unless I'm trying to like, you know, make a joke out of it. But, yeah. um, you know, it's people, people want to show the, the best, right? I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. the natural tendency. And, um, and it's so easy to sit there and compare yourself to these people, but you don't know what they're going through. You know, you don't know what they're doing, what they've yeah. sacrificed to, to make the things that they make and, uh, the other people in their lives, you know, it's just, it's, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So try to stay on the inspiration side of things, yeah. and avoid the comparisons, um, use it, use it for inspiration, use it for ideas and, yeah. uh, and you'll be great. You know, you'll really get the best of what it's what it can offer. Yeah. However, I have noticed to get the most comments. Um, if you post mix mistakes, you usually have the most comments. <laughs> I think you're right. I think yeah. because because people know that exactly the artificiality of it, you know, is so easy to do. 
yeah. it takes it takes a little bit of effort to post a mistake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know that and anything shop furniture related, you know, <laughs> it's all tools, <laughs> making yeah. tools. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what people yeah. want to see. Yeah, but yeah, I think um, you know, it, I think the best thing you can do on social media is to take a teaching mindset and. Uh-huh. And, uh, and as a viewer, take a student mindset, you know, like, okay, what, what can I learn from this post? Not, you know, how come I'm not doing it like this or how come I'm not this great? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what what happened in the shop today that somebody else might benefit from? And uh, if you do that, I think, you know, be generous about it. I think people will appreciate it. And, um, you know, it'll, like you said, it'll be the good side of the Internet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. Look for the inspiration. And I agree with the. Don't don't try to compare. That's been a problem on all social medias for eternity. Yeah. Uh, you know, the pretty people and the pretty perfect images aren't necessarily the truth. And so you can't worry about that. Yeah. You really can't. No, no. And you don't know what kind of uh, picture processing and Photoshop skills they, oh, these people yeah, yeah. have. <laughs> I'm working on mine. I'm, I'm exactly. Better, I'm better every day. Am I the only one? I like, you know, and I, I, I rarely, honestly, follow me on Instagram. Go ahead. I rarely post anything. Um, but every time it like you take a picture and it's like, oh, filters. I'm like, exit. No. Yeah, like, I don't know what those are for. I, I seriously, I'm like, why yeah. do I want that? This is what I see. I want to take the image and you know, what a capacity, the lighting that I see. I don't want to, in, you know, introduce any falsity to that. It's not true. I think that's just a, a hangover from the first days of Instagram. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah maybe, yeah. maybe some people are using it, just not in the woodworking world. I, I don't follow anyone hardly at all unless they're making stuff all the time. There you uh, go. <laughs> You know, we, Sean and I had a discussion about that <laughs> when we first met. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's that's what Instagram is a woodworking tool for me. Um, so uh, and it's nice to be able to keep up with people. But guess what? Everybody I know is a woodworker. So or is involved in woodworking somehow. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just that's what my world revolves around. Well, exactly. And if you want your world to revolve around Mark, where can they find you <laughs> on the interwebs? That was brilliant. Um, uh, on Instagram, Mark builds it. And uh, on my company webpage, which is plate11.com. And Sean, who's in your orbit? Uh, or how do you Sean, get in your orbit? <laughs> Sean W78, pretty much anywhere you can find me. Kyle, how about you? Uh, you can always find me at Barton.com on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. And thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend because word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussions.